0: Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we are joined by a very special guest. This is Tim Weston. Tim Weston, who is one of our property partners here at Opus but he is also a very, very successful property investor in his own right, having worked on 12 to 15 properties over the years. And so for the next couple of episodes, we have Tim joining the show to talk about some of his previous renovations and some of the other new properties that he's invested in as a bit of a case study, because I know that from the podcast survey we did a couple of months ago, this was the one main thing you guys wanted more of. So Tim, welcome onto to the show. Thanks very much. And in particular, one of the case studies I want to go over, Tim, today is one that I know was right next door to your house that you've just wrapped up only in the last month or so. So do you want to give us some of the details about this property, how you found out it was a good one, how you came across it, all of these things and
1: and how it all kind of worked? Okay, great. So it's a block of three two-bedroom units right beside our home, and we we know it's a good street. It's right in between Girls High and Boys High down by Mona Vale, so the land is, is somewhat of value. When we did the renovation on our place, we actually rented one of the units, and we ended up using our property management company from there and ran our some businesses out of there, so we knew what they were like because we rented them for about 18 months, two years, that sort of thing. They certainly, they had low water pressure and just, they were 1970s, untouched, original kitchen and so on. So it was disgust. We thought if they were coming out for sale, that we would look at buying them. In the meantime, their owners actually came to us and said, "Hey, would you guys ever want to buy these if we sold them?" So, we we knew probably a year before we brought them that what we would do and that that would be a good purchase. And
0: so, how did the owner or the vendor of the property know to ca- approach you guys? Did you,
1: when you were renting them, did you let them know that that was the case? It was more they knew that we would just finished next door. My mother-in-law has a section behind us, and then a home behind behind us as well. So. So I guess there's since there's already three four properties that we were, had a we collection going there that just I guess that naturally sense. came to us to yeah. And so how did
2: you how did you negotiate price because that one of the challenges with a with a private arrangement is that you've got to establish a price it hasn't gone to market. Yes. Sir. How did you how did you grind them down Tim because I'm sure knowing you that you did.
1: <laughs> so they came to us. We really just. Uh, sat down, they gave a figure, and I sort of went back at a lower price, and they said, well, look, we wouldn't actually sell it for lower than GV. So at least that gave a a, a point for us to work with, and then they, knew, they were s- suggesting that there was a new GV was due in about six months' time, and we didn't know which way it would go, but they obviously were pushing that it would be... Um, higher,
2: which of course they weren't.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we ended up. It was quite a light negotiation. We were all somewhat happy. I think I paid twenty five more than what I was wanting to pay, but uh, it, it, since it was three units, it was only you know eight thousand eight, so it was really not not a big difference, to be honest. And so,
2: just just for anyone listening, there are a few extra things that you have to do when you are negotiating privately. So Tim being an ex mortgage broker as well might be able to tell us about a few of those so so obviously you've got to do the contract yourself who did prepare the contract in this case
1: yeah so i i, I did get a, a blank sell and purchase agreement and completed it you did um, it yourself Yes. Yep. Oh, yep. We didn't really have many sort of terms. It was really just subject to finance actually. We knew that they needed to be renovated. Like that was definitely something that we knew we were going to have to spend some did money. You,
2: did you renovate before you took position or take possession and then renovate?
1: No, no. So we owned them. They already came full with tenants. And then there was two groups were actually moving out somewhat at the same time. One of them, we were pleased that that was happening because <laughs> we didn't renew their tenancy. Yes. So that gave us the time to be able to actually renovate two at the same time. And a middle tenant who's a group family from Zimbabwe. They ended up moving into then the third one when we'd finished it and then we could tackle the middle one for them to move back into right. it. So it worked really well.
2: And are they all the same
1: configuration? No, they're different. They're two bed, one bath with a single garage and the garage is all just sort of separate to the, to the main dwelling. We ended up on two of the units actually changing the bathrooms over and the kitchens and the lounges to the the bedroom so we kind of flipped them all so then we had to replumb and we rewired. So that's pretty
2: significant once you're starting to do that because you require consents.
1: Yeah so we actually with the it was more I know with the toilet that was actually going back into the same place and the shower so that was that was good we were able to knock a hole in the wall without sort of triggering anything with the council but we had to have like a small return and that's where the kitchen actually went Butted into, so that that part was fine. We, we sort of took it to the limit on what we were able to do. I guess you yeah. could
0: say. Tim, walk us through the the numbers of it. Okay. So, what did you buy it for? What did you spend to renovate, and what's it worth now?
1: Okay, we paid eight twenty five for three of them. For three of them, yeah. Wish I'd known about this. Yes, Tim, and they were all bringing in about it was about nine hundred and thirty dollars a week. So they're sort of three hundred to three. Fifteen, three, twenty each—that sort of thing. Reasonably high yielding, anyway. So they were good. Yeah, yeah. So they certainly covered their costs, especially for a good area. Exactly. Yeah, and then they—they they all kind of shared a, a, a backyard. They—they they had really like a low picket fence and so on. So, we, are they on the same title, Tim? Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. So that, just one, one thing, because the price does good seem question.
2: remarkably low. So one thing that I did uh, did write down was whether or not they're on separate titles. So often, if you are looking at buying things which are multiple properties on a single title. There can be challenges, and Tim and I are actually working on a client jointly at the moment where uh, he has four on one title, yes, and so he's deemed as commercial, and so he can only lend often uh, a reduced LVR amount because of the fact that he's deemed commercial. And sometimes some lenders will charge him commercial rates as a result of that. So did you in this case did they deem that as commercial? No, that's no, quite it surprising.
1: Is residen- it is yeah, residential. Admittedly, we did use our residential property right, as security, so that- okay, which pulls it in, yeah. But uh, I do know they've always been insured as residential. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah but that, but from a lending perspective, probably if you're using cash, you might have needed to have a 40% deposit rather than a 20% deposit. Rate. Right.
0: And so you, you've got a reasonable gross yield when you purchase them anyway, about yes. 5.86%. So what did you spend to renovate? What's it worth now? So literally,
1: it was just over 175 that we put in. We were really hoping to put sort of 40 into each, so about 120, but- as renos do, they blow out time and time again. Tim's specialty? Yes and uh, we've, uh, I have done a number of renos, probably 8 or 10 and do know that things blow out so we sort of had a contingency but it was a full reno so we, we did punch holes in the walls, we insulated top and bottom, we rewired, we re-plumbed there's two heat pumps in each unit and they are only 70 squares, we put in all new obviously kitchens, bathrooms all new LED lights mains water pressure, so we put in all new hot water cylinders, we did all new double glazing put decks out each side of them so it's like six decks and then do a whole new fence all the way around and, and then we separated them because they all had just one shared area so yeah, good. And put veggie gardens in for, for our tenants and stuff and all right. new washing
2: lines veggie and- gardens an interesting choice for uh, a rental property
1: yeah it was really so at the end of the deck we actually built like a wee seat and then we just extended it and it was a good way to actually get rid of a lot of concrete that we had broken out <laughs> so we put it at the bottom of the, the veggie bed <laughs> and then filled it up with soil because yeah. it's it's. So you could stand in, and it comes up to like your waist. And Tim, what's it worth now? Have you got it revalued? I haven't had it revalued. Going by, I guess, around being in the in the industry, I would suspect that it would be circa that one one five zero to one point two. So technically, that cost us then you know a million spent the one seventy five. So I'd say somewhere around that one point one five to one point two. So 12. you basically doubled your innovation money. I would suspect. Yeah, yep. cool. That's yep. good. And and has the rent gone up? Yes. Yep. Great question. So we have two of them. We've got 430. Wow. Big jump. um, Which was a good jump. Yep. And then the second unit, we actually made that one, since uh, the, the tenant, he was this uh, young African guy, and he's got a young baby and wife, and he's studying at the university, doing his PhD, and he's going to be there for another four years, he just really moved in, and he loves the area, and he just didn't want to move, but couldn't afford that sort of figure, but he said he could afford 360. So I said, hey, I'm happy with that, that's great. So yes, it's $60 a week less than what we were budgeting for, but rates are low. He's he's going to be there for four years. He's a he's absolutely fantastic. They're quiet. He's just a good tenant. And he somewhat needs the $60 more than me. So it was a nice sort of gesture as well.
2: Uh, and I think that uh, I'm working with some people at the moment who are very keen on being responsible landlords. And, and, and one of their messages in their first meeting with me was that they didn't want to overcharge and just try and get that last 20 bucks out of someone. They would rather actually feel like they're doing good. Absolutely. And so, so if you can afford to to use the fact that the interest rates are so low at the moment, then to offset that, then that's a great thing. And, and you do get a lot of loyalty from those tenants, and they look after the place rather than maybe not care as much when, when you're the big bad landlord charging exactly. every last dollar.
0: Yep. So you've got a really good gross yield there as well, Tim. So if you had charged all of them out at 4.30, then that's uh twelve ninety a week, which mm-hmm. as a proportion of that million dollars mm-hmm. you'd spent is 6.7%, oh, sorry, 6.7% gross yield, which Just- is really height which is really good. Great.
1: I've just got a question
2: about the time for the renovations. How long did it take to renovate each unit?
1: So we actually, with COVID sort of throw us out a bit, we, it was about a month before COVID we had stripped two of the places right. and then we had the lockdown. So we obviously had to wait for that time. That did give us, when we knew that lockdown was happening, I did go down to like Bunnings and buy a whole lot of lot of bark, lots of sort of timber and paint and plants so we did a lot of like the landscaping ourselves By really? so the time the builders came back we'd already I got a a fresh skip delivered. So I'd knocked out a wall and we'd actually filled the skip by the time. Not um, just a pretty face. (coughs) Yeah. And it's interesting as well, Tim, that you've
0: done something which a lot of renovators wouldn't usually do, which is that most of the work or all of the work was done by professional tradies that you got in. That's quite different.
1: Yes. Yes. I have done a number of renos going back, say, 15, 18 years. Renovations that I've done, it was me and my friends and we were just getting stuck in and do it. It's just a Painful exercise and it's ongoing, and you're living in sort of hell for a number of months. Yes. And it was a matter of literally, if we didn't have COVID, I would suspect we're probably two and a half to three weeks per unit. That's very fast, which is pretty quick. And that was like three builders. And I remember something
0: very interesting when I was over at your, your place for dinner with with your wife Izzy. And I remember her saying that she would never do a renovation again herself. And that generally if people can't afford to use tradies, then they shouldn't be doing a reno in that case.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the time and energy and effort that you save by having just professionals in there, they turn up with the you know their van with all their tools. They just get in and do it, you get warranties, like when we touch things, you know, get involved. If you muck something up, it just costs you, it delays things and it costs you even more at the end. So it's certainly the the, the time and the value of money, it's certainly more beneficial to to get someone in to do it.
0: And we'll save you on interest costs in in that case as well. (laughs) Absolutely. Fantastic, well let's wrap it up there, but don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, why not check out our No Money Worries email course. This is where we have collated our top nine lessons about property investment, and we've even put in some homework as well so that you can just test what you've been learning and think more deeply about how you've been investing in property in the past. Now I'm going to drop a link to that in the show notes, Or you can also go to opuspartners.co.nz slash no money worries. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed Knight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.